0: Hey guys, it's Leah Buckles um, from Prestige Worldwide Medical Consulting. I am a U.S. Army veteran, physician assistant, and former CMP examiner. I wanted to come on today and discuss chronic fatigue syndrome. This is a condition that I get asked a lot of questions about and I feel like um, is worth going over, especially because a lot of veterans suffer from, from this and a lot of veterans um, just have some same repeating questions over and over. And I thought maybe if I just did a video on it and kind of dispelled some of those um, frequently asked, um, I don't want to say wrong um, ideas, but just some things that I get asked repeatedly that just don't make sense and, and kind of explain why um, that it might be helpful to some of you guys, right? So um, what is chronic fatigue syndrome, right? Um, people can have just chronic fatigue, right? Like if I stay up for three days straight, I'm going to be fatigued, right? But chronic fatigue syndrome is a syndrome or a constellation of symptoms that can most healthcare professionals, doctors, PAs, nurse practitioners, whatever, um, determine after about six months of time and ruling out some other things and looking at certain criteria, they determine that, um, this is the medical condition the person is suffering from, right? Um, A lot of times this will be diagnosed by a rheumatologist, right? But it doesn't have to be. An internal medicine doctor might evaluate you for this. Your regular primary care family practitioner can. Um, It's not a super crazy diagnosis to... um, Provide it's just the person has to feel comfortable with diagnosing it, the practitioner, and they have to kind of know about it and make sure that they look for certain things and decide, you know, in their the medical opinion, do you fit that criteria? Some people might not feel comfortable and they just refer you to rheumatology, and that's quite all right, right? And um, just depends on the person that you're seeing, right? So um, again, chronic fatigue syndrome is typically something that's going to be, um, you know, a fatigue that lasts greater than six months. Um, It has a constellation of symptoms that goes with it, um, some of which include a sore throat, memory impairment, um, like diffuse muscle and joint pains, um, unrefreshing sleep, uh, being super tired after exertion, like more so than you were before, right? And then swollen and tender lymph nodes, right? And so it doesn't have to include all of them, but there is like some specific criteria that your doctor will look at to determine, okay, do they have this? Do they have this? Do they have multiple of these? And there's a specific number of those type of criteria that determines whether or not your doctor thinks that's what you're suffering from. Um, It is a real, chronic fatigue is a really cruddy thing to suffer from. Um, It's so tough because there isn't a specific single lab test or X-ray or imaging that can, um, say, Yep, that's what they have. It's really sometimes what we call a diagnosis of exclusion, meaning we have to rule out a whole bunch of other stuff. And then we kind of say, well, they don't have sleep apnea. They don't have this. They don't have that. Um, You know, so this is probably what they have, right? Um, Again, there are going to be some exclusionary criteria um, because we would, you know, when you're talking about chronic fatigue syndrome, if you have something else that's likely causing you the fatigue well, then it's probably not chronic fatigue syndrome. It's probably like, for example, do you have sleep apnea that's been undiagnosed, right? Or if you have sleep apnea, are, is your... Um, are you not wearing your machine all the time and then you're just tired because you have sleep apnea? Um, is it that you um, don't wear your CPAP ever, right? Um, is it that your settings are too low? Do you have like a super crazy bad PTSD that's causing you just really you know, bad mental health symptoms or depression? That's not to say that you can't have some of these other things and chronic fatigue, for example. Some people would argue that if you've got sleep apnea, but it's very, very well treated for a long time, right? And your sleep apnea titration reports are perfect, right? A rheumatologist or a doctor may say, okay, well, you do have chronic fatigue syndrome too because your sleep apnea is corrected. Again, that is something that's, um, you know, if if it was a setting for me that somebody had both of those things, I would probably defer to somebody else with that, that's an expert in that field to, to kind of like look. But if, if all of those other things were ruled out, I would say, well, yeah, you probably meet the criteria for chronic fatigue syndrome, right? Um, so, um, you know, other stuff like... Are you fatigued because your vitamin D is in the toilet, right? Um, because that can make you really fatigued. Is it because your testosterone is uber uber low and you just like have no energy, right? Some of these things can cause um fatigue, right? So they have they should be looking at some of that stuff. Are you anemic, right? Did we rule out everything else, right? So what's interesting is that for veterans, there are like this super close relationship to Gulf War exposures, right? And so not every single area, um, and again, I'm not an accredited agent or an attorney or a VSO or anything like that. This is just public knowledge that you can go find on the internet. There are certain regions um, that are considered for Gulf War exposure and you can find them on va.gov. They have a whole list and a whole page about Gulf War exposure. So Iraq, Kuwait, Saudi Arabia, um, the neutral zone between Iraq and Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Qatar, UAE, um, I have to look at my cheat sheet, Oman, Gulf of Ed- of Aden, um, Gulf of Oman, and then the waters of the Persian, the Arabian Sea and the Red Sea, and then the airspace above all of those, right? So that is t- typically what's considered like the Gulf War Um, exposure areas, right? And that list may or may not change. And I think that that goes all the way back to 1991 to present, right? Um, If you've served for a period of time in those areas, right? Um, And that list is always subject to change based on VA policy and guidelines, right? Whatever. Um, So, People, so what does it mean to be presumptive, right? So they say that if you were in the, if, if you developed and manifested the symptoms within a specified amount of time and you served in those areas, that you can be presumptive, that those conditions, this one in particular, or, um, you know, generalized fatigue or whatever unexplained illnesses can sometimes be related to your service, right? So those are some things that you should definitely look at if you're experiencing these symptoms. Again, Um Some of the stuff that I see a lot of veterans will apply for this like nonstop and they'll and it'll say, well, you don't have a diagnosis of chronic fatigue syndrome. Well, technically, I think fatigue, general fatigue meets that criteria, but it's all based on your rater and examiner and their interpretation of your evidence. Right. So just fatigue, unexplained fatigue especially when all those other things have been ruled out, I think is reasonable. You know, regardless of whether somebody formally diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome, just generalized unexplained illnesses like fatigue are, is reasonable, right? Um, so really quick, um, I don't want to bore you guys to death, but um, the code of federal regulation, the CFR, it kind of goes in line with the diagnosis criteria. So they want to see new onset debilitating fatigue, severe enough to reduce daily activity to less than 50% of usual for at least six months. Okay. Exclusion by history, physical exam and lab tests of anything else, right? That's what I was talking about. Exclusion of all those other conditions that could be causing it, right? Because if you got something else, well, it's probably not chronic fatigue syndrome because chronic fatigue syndrome is a diagnosis of exclusion, right? Um, acute onset of um, uh, chronic fatigue, oh, sorry, Er six or more of the following, okay, an acute onset of chronic fatigue syndrome, so this just happened out of nowhere, low-grade fever, non-exudative pharyngitis, which is like inflammation in the back of the throat, palpable um, cervical lymph nodes or axillary lymph nodes under the armpits, Um, generalized muscle aches and weakness, fatigue lasting up to 24 hours or more um, after exercise, headaches, migratory joint pains, neuropsychologic symptoms like memory, mood, learning issues, and sleep disturbances. So you got to have at least three of those six or or six of those conditions going on, right? And then it can be rated anywhere from 10 to 100%, right? Um, And so That can also be found online and you can kind of go look those up. So 10% is usually if it kind of comes and goes and your incapacitation is at least one, but less than two weeks total during the year or symptoms are controlled by continuous medications. 20% is um, you have near constant restriction of routine daily activities by less than 25% of the pre-illness level that comes and goes throughout the year and you have at least two, but up to four weeks total duration. And it kind of goes on from there. So it's all about like, how many, th- how many weeks of incapacitation do you have? How much of the restriction of your pre-activity level are you having? So it goes 10, 20, 40, 60, and 100%. And I'll just read off the 100%. It says debilitating fatigue, cognitive impairments, or a combination of other signs and symptoms that are near constant and so severe that they restrict your routine daily activities almost completely and and like really mess up your self-care, like brushing your teeth, getting out of bed, taking a shower, stuff like that. Um, so I hope that that was helpful on chronic fatigue syndrome. Another quick, so some of those things like I, I wanted to dispel were like fatigue in general, I think is legit. Like it doesn't have to be chronic fatigue syndrome, but you're really going to have to like show the relationship, right? Um, so personal statement about your symptoms longstanding that you've had a workup, Um can it be secondary to PTSD or depression? Man, it's so tough because I have seen it kind of go both ways. Where they'll say, "Well, it's just a symptom of the depression," and they just like throw it in together. But then I've seen people get rated secondarily for it too. So it really just depends, I guess, on who's evaluating the case. Um, and again, if it's if it's being aggravated by your depression, you have to kind of show how you how the PTSD or depression is aggravating the baseline of that condition. How has it made it worse? Or did you have chronic fatigue syndrome before and the PTSD is making it 10 times worse than it was? Like, did you miss work? You know, how do you objectively show that? Right. Um, Other than that, I hope this was helpful and I look forward to seeing you guys again on the next Med Team Monday. And I hope that you guys, keep giving me some ideas of videos to do. And I also have a little blog on this. So if you guys want to check out my blog, um, on my face or on my procedural wide, uh, website, go check that out. Um, there's a link to that in the comments section under the video. All right. Um, have a great day and you guys rock.